This show is part of the Darkmore Podcast Network. To join our community Discord or see more content from our members, visit darkmorepodcasts.com. A question from Wise Jazzer, who lives in Mexico City. Uh, for Yessi, can you record another intro in Spanish? I mean, yeah. I don't see why not. You want to do the whole credits, like all of it in Spanish? Oh, <laughs> uh, like a whole mid-roll? I mean, I'm down. Gracias to Dark Silver Forge. <laughs> Queremos dar gracias a Dark Silver Forge. Los dados son 6.5 veces más pesados que un dado estándar. Can we please? Uh, Joe, go ahead and start cueing the music right now. Pretty please. That would be so cool. Muchas gracias a Blake Boost. Wait, 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 wait. I think, I think we need to get ready to do the credits. So, uh, like in reality. So let's go ahead and uh, do that. Do the credits real quick and then do a few more. Yeah, sure. Yeah, because there's a lot of good ones I still want to get to. <laughs> Big shout out to Dark Silver Forge. Uh, I'm pretty sure everyone on the cast of Advantage rolls with their dice. They are incredible. I personally use the Cthulhu Gold set. As do I. They are a cast zinc alloy, five and a half times heavier than your standard plastic dice. And honestly, it is just super satisfying to like toss those things down. I just, I love them. I think anybody would love them. You can use the promo code Advantage D&D, all caps, no spaces, to get 10% off? 10% off, your next purchase. And uh, it is worth every penny, we love them. We'd also like to thank Blake Bost and Orman Audio, Blake for the overture of our podcast. It's playing behind us right now. It's playing behind us right now. <laughs> the the overture that is that you're currently listening to with your ears. And Orman Audio for all of the other random audio bits throughout the show. Man, if only we had the writer for Ormond Audio on the call with us, that would be really yeah, cool. Yeah, if only. <laughs> Maybe one day. Yeah, they're they're terrible. <laughs> They've got to be terrible. <laughs> Whoa, I just realized, Steven, did you know that Ormond Audio and Ulrich Orman, that, that, that's the same name? That's coincidental. <laughs> what a coincidence. I can't even fathom how that would have happened. <laughs> Should we sue them? Can we... <laughs> We'd also like to thank <laughs> Daniel Grayling for uh, his hard, hard work putting together um, maps and other graphic art that we've got online. If you haven't ever gone to advantagednd.com slash world to look at the visual depictions of the cusp and to see all the points of interest in like the Watched Forest, the Pandominion, and uh, the Kingdom of Her Dearth, like, it's such a huge asset for our storytelling. Mm -hmm. One might even say it's essential that you just kind of have a visual reference for where these things are in relativity to each other. Check out that work. It took Daniel forever to, <laughs> to build these maps for us uh, off of like shitty drawings that I had. So shout out to him. As a cast member, I use that map all the time. Like it is yeah, essential. Same. <laughs> Thanks to our awesome Patreon supporters. Uh, they helped buy microphones um, for all of us and cover expenses, which is super awesome. No, they cover like all expenses. 
They even gave us enough money to commission six full body works of character art from Emmeline Kelly um, on Instagram. She's at Salvador Davy. That character art looks so good already um, in the, the drafts of it we've seen. It's not done yeah, yet. In the, but the parts we've seen look really, really awesome. So I'm super excited about that. So thanks to our awesome Patreon supporters. What are the six characters? Oh, the new one. Uh-huh, because okay, we'll it. be introducing two more. Follow us on basically everything uh, at Advantage D&D, Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, Pinterest. We recently like used the Pinterest board, Sarah and I did, while building new characters. It's an incredibly useful uh, like visual reference for places in the cusp. Go check it out. Don't forget to come find us on the Darkmoor Pathcast Network on Discord. Come hang out with the cast, other fans of the show, make friends, have a laugh, and you might even find another show to listen to. We've actually got a lot of shows in the network now. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, I think another cool thing to, to do right now before we jump back into the a few more questions would be to do the, the kind word segment. I think that would be oh, a, yeah, that's a, great. a cool thing that's to fun. do. Yeah. We've got comment that says, Advantage is the best D&D podcast on Spotify, and there are hundreds. The story and roleplay is amazing. It rivals, even surpasses Critical Role. I've listened to your show since June and cannot get enough of it. I was inspired by Advantage to start my own podcast. Thank you. William from Heroes Without Direction podcast. Suck on that, Matthew. (laughs) (laughs) We're coming for you, Matt Mercer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is the kind words part of the call <laughs> <laughs> out. The kind words. We're coming for you, Matt Mercer. <laughs> I'll read I'll read one. It says, Happy anniversary. Congrats on crafting such an epic tale and sharing it with the world. That's from Riley uh, from Playing Out of Character. Another awesome show in the Darkmoor Podcast Network. Kit says, y'all are amazing people who do amazing work. It is always a pleasure listening to the podcast when I get the chance with my hectic schedule. Man, I miss Kit. Kit's up there chilling in Calgary. Wait, is it Calgary or is it Edmonton? It's something (laughs) up there in Alberta. This is from Brian on our Patreon. He says, I enjoy your cruise content. It's, it's, It's inspired me to step up and start my own DM journey. Edmonton. Kate lives in Edmonton. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, everyone over at Advantage. We hear it's your fourth birthday. And from all of us over at DMST, we just want to say happy Happy birthday. birthday. Hey, Cast of Advantage. Uh, happy fourth birthday to you wonderful folks. I have three of the five casts of season two here, um, also here to say happy birthday. Hey, it's Riley. Uh, happy birthday, Advantage. Hey, it's Steven. Happy fourth birthday, <laughs> Advantage. <laughs> Y'all are great, so I hear. <laughs> Thank you, Advantage, for being such a wonderful component and, honestly, I would say core of the Darkmoor podcast. We love you. as Steven definitely loves you. And congrats on four years, y'all. Let's try to do some more of these in a pretty quick-fire fashion. Can we just set a timer? <laughs> set a timer for us. <laughs> it's very effective. Do you listen to other D&D podcasts besides your own? Go. Nope. I just don't listen to podcasts much. Uh, I listen to Dungeons and Daddies. I also like listening to Misadventurers. I need to get caught up. How Friends Roll and Playing Out of Character. 
I don't listen to very many like actual play shows anymore. Uh, I do listen to Campaign Skyjacks. Literally one of the best shows that I've ever listened to. 10 out of 10. Regularly, like every episode, I listen to Dungeon Master Shower Thoughts. So that's not an actual play though, so I don't know if it counts. I really like The Misadventures and How Friends Roll. I'm just like insanely behind. They are ones I actively try to catch up on and never do. <laughs> and that's one minute. Well, we're unexpected milestones the show hit this year. Go. Getting anyone to listen at all. True. Yeah. <laughs> it's still a shock that we have any listenership. Getting to 200 reviews. Yay! <laughs> we survived a pandemic. Kind of. Like, that wasn't necessarily hard for us as a show. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Have you considered having fans join in as characters in only one episode? There must be some awesome players among your listeners, and I thought it would be cool to maybe have some join in every now and again, says Wise Jazzer on Discord. We've definitely thought about it. Uh, we consider it. <laughs> we just need to um, make the logistics work. Yeah, and my biggest hesitation is it causes me a lot of anxiety to have an unknown variable like somebody I've never played with before <laughs> yeah. uh, help establish canon on the show. I have another question I want to ask and then immediately answer. Okay. What do you feel is the best way to encourage each other to play and speak in character? Mike Pretzels on Discord. And uh, one of my favorite things that Joe does to us all the time is take something we said definitely not in character, but make it in character so that we just have to roll oh with it. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, it, I think that's a great way to force people to do it because then they have to just grapple with what they just said. <laughs> that is a great way to yeah, do that. I think Joe's just really good at that in general. I need to find that. Where's that question? Is that under It's under cast? for cast, yeah. Yeah. For cast number 11. Thank you. Uh, Jesse, how does an oscillating fan work? See, this is a four-bar system where I'm, I have no idea. It's from, <laughs> that's from Sarge on Discord. Sarge also asks, uh, Jesse, what is the human condition? Suffering, my dude. Amen. <laughs> that one's easy. I believe that was the Buddha or someone. Yeah. Suffering, comma, my dude. Yeah. That's in the Diamond Sutra. Steven, advantage the musical? From Riley. Yeah, it's gonna happen eventually. That's all I got. <laughs> this is one for the cast. What do you think will be the conclusion of arc two? <laughs> no idea. Uh, hopefully it'll be uh, everything we want it to be. Um, you know, uh, we'll overthrow the bad King Sender. We'll put in a, a democratic rule with a puppet head leader and everyone will be happy Herdarth will be back on its way to prosperity, and Morlinde and Alric will make it home with no scratches on them, and they'll go back to their lives. Psych, Graysunder is going to transcend to the state of, like, God King, gaining, like, an insurmountable amount of power, and we're going to have to, like, flee Herdarth and go somewhere completely different. To try to like regroup. It's gonna be like a dwarven super saiyan. Steven, what's your favorite podcast on the Darkmore Podcast Network? Um, that's not ours. That's not what I asked. Honestly though, How Friends Roll and and uh, Playing Out of Character are both really, really interesting and I like listening to them. How Friends Roll is just well done and a lot of fun. Playing Out of Character plays different uh, a different game and that's interesting to me because like I've you know D&D 5e is all I really know and so it's cool to see other systems uh, and other kinds of worlds hey Steven do you know anybody in the cast of, of playing out of character yeah I don't think it's been announced yeah like Gavin's really nice uh, at least it hasn't been it hasn't been announced on advantage I'm going to be in the next story arc of playing out of character I'm super excited. 
cool. Um, I've been talking with with Gavin about making you know my character and getting that all sorted out, and it's a different uh, a different game system. It's not D and D, but it's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm really excited. Nice. What game system do they play? Shadow of the Demon Lord. Interesting. Never heard of it. I had not either. It's a horror fantasy kind of thing. It's really cool. Oh, neat. The character sheet is really, really interesting. I had a lot of fun putting that together. It's it's a neat it's a neat world, and I'm excited to explore it. Sarge asks Zach, uh, "What gives a person the right to rule a country?" I don't know if any person has the right to rule a country. DB Tiger asks you, Zach, "Why are you such a heckin' nerd?" <laughs> Uh, just <laughs> how I've always been. This is this is just me. It is what it is. Yeah, DB Tiger is my roommate, Chad. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's funny. Sarah, what was the last thing you cooked? Asks Sarge. This person must follow me on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's okay. Well, don't just end it there. Like, pitch your full Insta handle. Basically, you want to see me complain about capitalism, talk shit about my boss, and everything I cook. My... Uh, Instagram handle is at oh dear. Oh no, I changed it because kids kept trying to Beep. follow me. I think my Instagram handle is currently at Sarah underscore Z underscore Z underscore Z. Sarah Zim Zim Zim? I think. I had to change it because these kids, f- students tried to follow me and th- uh, it was a whole thing. I don't know. And my phone, I it's on the floor over there. So I'm, I'll put it on the Discord later. <laughs> but anyway, the last thing I cooked was... Uh, fried rice with lots of leftovers because uh, we got a smoker so you've been smoking a lot of stuff so I had a fried rice that I made with corn that we put on the smoker and Brussels sprouts that we put on the smoker and some steak it was really yummy Joe yes who is your favorite NPC oh god my favorite NPC uh, and why there is a right answer Karen. <laughs> I like Kareth too. Kareth because Kareth was incredibly Ugh. Yes. Well, Ugh, Ugh maybe, but an incredibly complex character and they were just so much fun to embody. Yeah. I look forward to that boss fight. <laughs> Kareth, secretly the big bad evil guy of the entire show. Question for all, Jonah asks. A long while ago, when I was more easily fooled a young teenager, I had a phase where I was watching conservative talking heads on YouTube, as I think many young people from conservative families do. And I think Advantage was instrumental uh, in bringing me away from that kind of stuff, along with just growing up. I know that y'all made conscious decisions making a show with representation and ideology. Did y'all go into the show thinking, maybe this could actually have an impact on people? Short answer, no. But that's just, yeah, see, the person. Short answer for me is also no. I didn't, I, I, I we were doing all this on purpose. I just didn't realize the kind of impact it would have yeah. on people who actually listen. But that's, from what I can tell, yeah. been our one of our strongest things. Like, people really appreciate it. I mean, it's been dope. Over the course of this year, I've been really struggling with thinking about how one person can make an actual impact on society and make effective change. And I think getting messages like this shows that one person or a group of people, a small group of people can make an actual change, mm-hmm. even if it's just on a like on a small scale of, of one or two people, you know? And I think that's really cool because it is definitely a very large issue that I've been dealing with for a while is how, how do you how do you make change in the world? Yeah, I don't 
I don't know if I ever went in imagining that number one, we would have an audience to have an impact on. But like <laughs> I did yeah, go real. in thinking that like if I'm going to make art and if I'm going to tell a story, then damn it, we're, we need to do it right. We need to give it the complexity and nuance and honor the characters of the story and the people whose stories are being told. We, we need to do it thoughtfully and we need to do it well. And I think that doing things thoughtfully and doing things well, honestly, has become part of uh, a left-leaning ideology. Making a show with representation for not just cis, het, white dudes is part of a progressive ideology. And so I just think it like defaulted to that. Riley asks, uh, the PCs and Joe's favorite NPC appear on Earth and are stuck there for several years. There's some kind of apocalypse that happens. What movie, book, or piece of media does each PC bring into the bunker? The Stormlight Archive by Brandon Sanderson. Is that Ulrich's answer or Steven's answer? You or is that your character? That's Steven's answer for sure. Yeah, we're talking about Ulrich's answer. Oh, Ulrich's answer? I'll have to think on that. Come back to me. Having been on Earth for several years, I think Alaris might be really into space movies. So I think he'd bring some like The Martian or Interstellar, oh, some, some, yeah. some along those I lines. I can see that. Yeah. Conversely, I think Grimton would bring some sort of like history, like anthology to like remember the history of the cusp and the many kingdoms and what have yous. Yeah, I think more Linde would, she'd at first like really be into like high fantasy and like old school token stuff and then realize that like, eh, this is whatever. And then like take a hard, hard left turn into sci-fi and like weird like features and stuff. I don't know, maybe some like Parable of the Sower, like craziness, Octavia Butler stuff. Say Auric would definitely bring some kind of like music listening device with an extensive folk punk playlist. Hell yeah. <laughs> It would be really interesting if Kareth brought the podcast Advantage on the Darkmoor Podcast Network. <laughs> it would also be really weird to be in a in a bunker with Kareth because like we ain't friends. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're right. Maybe maybe I should make it Orlando Beach Tail. Surprise! You didn't expect me here. You know what? Maybe we would prefer Kareth. <laughs> like a literal antagonist to the most annoying creature on the cusp. Orlander would would bring some yarn and some knitting needles and then place them kindly in <laughs> expecting those tiny. You got tiny, all the time in the world now. Unfortunately, she did not bring a how to knit a knitting for dummies book. Luckily, you've got time. <laughs> you just figured out. Yeah. Another question for the cast. Have there been any moments where you have felt lost in the role play and were only the character? I actually misread that one at first and I thought, uh, that was Gavin from playing out of character. I thought Gavin was asking if we were like lost, like we had no idea what to do. But now now I read it properly <laughs> and it's time. like, yeah, like that's like literally every session. But the, I, the that question is like where we were just our character. We were just in it. I misread it and I thought he asked if we were ever just lost in the foreplay. <laughs> <laughs> My my answer uh, is yes. The final battle of Arc One, that whole everything. I was I was Ulrich. I was in it. Really interesting. Yes. Yeah. Maybe for me, when Grimton had to address all the Hadarthian refugees at Letras and try to convince them to fight alongside the East Italians. All roles and titles like Chief Arrow, Presiding Druid, and Special Legionnaire have been, to varying degrees, conferred on you four. How do you sit with them? That's from just some guy on Discord. 
The only one that matters is the unknown associates of Grimton Steady Hand. <laughs> <laughs> but has that been conferred onto us? No, that's the only it one was, we decided. Well, it, it was no, conferred, it was onto, conferred onto you by. Uh, it just wasn't deliberately meant to be our title. We just decided it was. <laughs> <laughs> Special Legionnaire, I don't care for. I guess Red Cape. Well, he kind of chose that one, so yeah. Ulrich is cool with all of theirs, all of their titles. Giving a character, like a position of leadership or a name like that gives you more kind of more stuff that you can do with a character rather than just like being somebody off the street i think uh gorget might be slightly uncomfortable so it probably doesn't like, like when you're just sitting there you probably want to take it off you know <laughs> <laughs> what has been your favorite character moment for your pc getting a lightsaber was pretty dope <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty dope please don't sue us disney do not sue us disney <laughs> it also like really affirmed i guess grimton's choosing to be a follower of Bahamut, so that was cool. There are so many. My favorite character moment for, uh, for me is the fight scene with All Real, where I get scarred in the face. That was another lost in roleplay moment. Like, I was I was in it as All Real. Probably my favorite Lars moment might be the, the moment from the upcoming episode. I agree. Mm. Yeah. The beep, you say? <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of bees... Um, Sarge asks, how do bees produce honey? Uh, and the answer is that they take pollen and then they just like kind of throw up in each other's mouth a little bit. And this adds chemicals and stuff. They throw up into their honeycomb. It sits there in that little vessel. And then the heat generated by the bees like flapping their wings and stuff, uh, like ferments it into honey kind of. I knew it was bee puke. It is bee puke. And it is... Tasty <laughs> and scientific. Yeah, science. Next question. When players take new abilities, do you feel the need to justify it in character? Yes. Kinda. Which is like annoying sometimes because there's some really cool druid stuff that like Morlinde does. I mean, there's really cool druid stuff that she can do that she doesn't do. There's also really cool druid stuff that she just didn't take that circle, she didn't take that path, whatever. And so, like, that whole side is, like, not available um, because of, like, her her job title and where she's from and what, like, she's doing in the arc. Um, there's some really cool, like, spooky mood druid stuff that, like, does not align with Moreland Day at all. Can't do it. 90% of my mechanical decisions are thinking about what my character would do in the story. I, like... That's just like, that's how I decide what I'm going to do, because otherwise I have no idea. But I'm like, would would Ulrich do this? Does this make sense for their character? Whenever I look at this question, I think of it more as like, in-game, have you justified? I think back to uh, like mentioning the, the misadventurers, I feel like every time they like really level up, like they, they have like a home base and they talk about what they've done to level up and how they're like changing or whatever. Whereas I don't feel like we've really ever done that. But as far as like picking abilities and stuff, I do take what Alaris I think would actually do into account. We did it at least once in arc one where we had the vignettes, I recall. And, that, and we talked about how we gained new abilities. It was pretty early on. Sarah, Sarge asks, what is the American dream to you? Dead. <laughs> okay. Sarge also asks, what is 6,783 times four? It's probably close to like... You have a math degree. Don't give me probabilities. It's like less than 28,000. 
Yeah, it's like 27,000 something. Steven, what does it mean to be kind? By Sarge. That's a hard one. Um, don't be a jerk. Uh, simply, I guess, like, just put yourself in, like, how you think, like, somebody could be feeling in the best possible light and then treat them accordingly. Like, assume that they're having the worst go of it that they can and, like, how can you improve that? It's pretty, pretty easy. It's when you want to punch someone, but you don't. Kindness. It's when you want to punch someone, but instead you offer them help. Kindness. <laughs> also, Sarge wants to know how do you make the color yellow? The color yellow? Yeah. Uh, Light. <laughs> you mix red and green? No. Is that yellow? What? Yellow? Yellow? What's wrong with Hold you? Yellow is a primary color. <laughs> how to make yellow. <laughs> <laughs> It's a primary color, my dude. Yeah. Oh, you're totally like, yeah, it is a primary color. It definitely is. <laughs> I'm yeah. over here, like, working yep. my brain way too hard. <laughs> uh, I don't know. You tickle a rainbow. You tickle a rainbow. There we go. Yeah, that's it. You drink a lot of water. But not too much. Actually, <laughs> yeah, that would. How good are the relationships that your characters have with their parents? Pretty good. Good? Grimptons are dead. Yeah. Or one of Alaris's is dead. I've been thinking about this with Ulrich because like before everything went down, they had a really great relationship with their parents, but like Ulrich has grown and changed into such a different person that I'm curious to see if they'll still connect as easily with their parents as they did previously. After all that has transpired so far in Act 2, uh, how have the events changed your character as a person and how have they influenced you as a player from Daniel? Uh, as an extension, uh, by that, by DB Tiger um, and Dragon Fira, how uh, how have your characters changed from their original ideas? Do you feel like you're playing the same character that you were before? I think Grimton has gotten a renewed spirit in uh, for like revolution and like wanting to create change. Not that he didn't already, but like he feels it happening. I didn't think this character was gonna be as foolhardy as like impulsive as I thought he was going to be. I pictured him a lot more, like, pacifistic and pragmatic. Morlinde, I think I pictured as a very, like, by-the-book, like, lawful good, like, goody-goody. And while she has stayed that way relatively, like, it's also interesting to say, like, to let her, like, let her really screw up. That's been really cool to explore. Ulrich's character has changed significantly due to trauma <laughs> that they've had a traumatizing um last several years maybe i guess like i don't remember exactly how long ago the kolgafirian invasion began but yeah like they're a much darker more troubled character than they were ever intended to be and even started as alaris started out trying to do a journey of like self-history and self-discovery and trying to figure out more about like their elven heritage as a whole. And I think that while Lars still wants that, I think he's kind of learned more that it doesn't really matter where you came from or what this idealized version of yourself is, but just who you actually become and act as, as, or as a person. Joe, what media inspired you by Gap? The most important media that inspired me is the AMC show Hell on Wheels. Huh which is a Western about building the Transcontinental Railroad. 
Okay. Yeah, trains. <laughs> and I will not explain that anymore, but just believe that it did. I'm going to go watch it now. You know, it's so. a great show. 10 out of 10. Would recommend. <laughs> Fantastic show. That's, that's how this whole thing started. We were building a trade road. The, yeah. The, okay. That's okay. True. I will explain it more. I take that back. I redank what I said. Um, like the the stuff about having trails end in the forest as like the forever moving spot that follows the the last most constructed paved area on the road that came from there. Having a grading team go out and a surveying team go out uh, and stake off the proposed route uh, on the way to Isotalos that came from there. Forest's Edge, the uh, like tent city that was right on the edge of the watched forest, riddled with mud from people abusing the land too much that came from Hell on Wheels. Like, there's a lot of, I don't know if it's like plot crucial stuff, but like flavor stuff that definitely came from Hell on Wheels. Oh, it's, it's so good. Great show. I need to rewatch it. Question for Zach. Will the meaning of the types of lines, colors, and elements of the alignment chart be revealed with detail? Can we expect the party actively to actively work on solving the question of chaotic good primordials? Asks Wise Jazzer from Discord. I think that we could definitely go more in detail about that alignment chart. I don't know for sure, but I imagine that that alignment chart and what it talks about is probably something that will be relevant at some point in the future, as the stakes get raised and we get into bigger and bigger global to world to extra planar type of threats or whatever, a lot of that stuff will come into play more frequently. We also have talked about it in great detail on the Discord. So if you want to join the Discord and come look and, and learn more about that alignment chart, uh, you definitely can there. Like I said, I think that that's probably a further down the line type of thing to to look forward to is us figuring out bigger questions than even like who's going to rule this kingdom more extra planner threats, I guess. I don't know if that if I'm off, off base or not, but Joe's not negating you, so <laughs> that's fair. <Yep. laughs> Sounds good to me. You're in charge of what the party does, not me. <laughs> what is uh, one thing in Arc 2 that hasn't gone the way that you thought it would? Joe. I didn't expect y'all to choose going on the like diplomatic mission to go talk to the princess. <laughs> yeah, B team. Oh, you thought we were going to do the, the harrowing yeah, breakout mission? I did. That's fair. We wanted to. Yeah. Or at least I wanted to, but it didn't like it didn't make sense, right? That's why we didn't do it, because it didn't make Dude, sense. Dude, I don't even know anymore. It felt right for the Ormains to go rescue their brother. Mm -hmm. To rescue Echo. Which inadvertently meant like, you know, doing the mission where they stopped the production of the Warforged. <laughs> However, where did the idea for, for the cusp come from by Spartacus? First, it started with me reading a lot of fourth edition lore books and really liking what they did in the Dawn War pantheon of the creation of the primal spirits and the primal pact. And I wanted to explore that conflict. And then I literally built the entire world to create a situation that would allow that conflict to come into tension. So I created an empire that needed to interact, force themselves upon Isotalos. And then I needed a reason why the empire was expanding in that direction and not just going along with the things that were working out. And so that literally 
shaped the geography of the world because now I had to figure out a way to like cut off trade to force trade in a different direction. If Zadal and the Pandemonian are on the same continent, then what geographically like stops them from just doing a really long overland trade route. And so I positioned the hinterlands and her dearth and defeat in between them to make that intercontinental journey a real pain in the ass that is very treacherous and generally not worth the risk unless you have to. And that also positioned the easy route, the maritime trade route between Zadal and Temple I needed to figure out a way to cut that off, and I put the tiny little strait that the boats would have to go to right between the, uh, the fortresses of war and peace, and then put the Kolgafirian invasion right on top of that. So sorry, no more trade there. And so then I thought, well, what would stop them from just moving? It would take a long time, but what would stop them from just moving their central maritime trade route just to a different part on the cusp that's still within the Pandominion borders, and then I placed the shattered coast, which is just cliffs and rocks and stuff in the way of that to make it impossible to like actually create a functioning port there. And then I needed to create lore behind why does a shattered coast exist? And then I ended up going into like the cosmological stories of the shaping of uh, Kolgafir and how the god Kord ripped Kolgafir away from the mainland. And why did he do that? Well, that was to protect the rest of the continent from battles between Grumsh and Bane. And so it just like spiraled out of control and it all <laughs> it all goes into the justification of a conflict between primal spirits and the high gods. Badass. Cool. The last question is not really a question, but it's one of my favorite things that we do, so I want to read it. Um I love this thing where you allow players to get plus one on a roll if they flavor what they're attempting, the quote, sell it to me thing. It's a cool DM thing, but damn your players can flavor the shit out of anything. <laughs> they're great at it, says Wise Jasser from Discord. It is a it is a, a house rule that we do, and I love it because I think that kind of house rule is what really takes like tabletop RPGs uh, and separates them from just like an online thing. Because, like, we can, you know, through the role play element, through the thing you can only really get through collective storytelling, modify the mechanics to fit. And I think I think that serves, that, that uh, house rule serves not just what we do, but, like, tabletop RPGs in general. Yeah, we don't use um, the 5e mechanic of inspiration as much as we probably could. Um, and inspiration being... You either have inspiration or you don't, and the inspiration is a reward that the DM or another player gives to somebody for acting particularly in character or, or in an inspiring way that like was really embedded in the story, and it was just so cool. And it's a, it's it's the reward that you get for that for uh, the player to then use later in their story. But unfortunately using inspiration like that postpones the reward like you have to remember that you have it and then you have to think ahead of whatever dice you're rolling that like oh yeah i have inspiration i'm gonna roll this with advantage and flavoring it with a a mere plus one on a roll if they're attempting something 
hard but cool and oh they were just so close to getting it and they were damn close to landing it so saying sell it to me convince me that you deserve this plus one encourages that same in character within world embeddedness and badassery that you would get in in an inspiration mechanic but the payoff is immediate you don't have to remember that i have this thing that i have inspiration to see the reward. And that's not something that I ever heard on another show. That's just something that came up organically um, in us playing. And I wanted, presumably I just wanted a hit to succeed. And boy, if they could just figure out a way to milk another plus one, they could hit it. And that's it, 10 out of 10. Yay, all done. Yeah, that's every question out of like the 50 or something that we had. Yeah, nice. Yeah, look at this. What's the raw recording at right now? 2.40. Two hours and 40 minutes of episode that I'm going to be editing. So we'll see how this goes. (laughs) We'll see how much gets cut away on the Three mail uh, Well, like this is like bonus content anyway. It is bonus content, yeah. Yeah. It's okay if it's not like our normal digestible. Yeah. And it could be a mailbag part one and a mailbag part two. Oh, that's true. Oh. Joe's problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll figure it out. It'll work. It'll work great. Um, stop recording. I really have to pee. We've been doing this for almost three hours. I love you all. Go ahead and stop recording. Well done, everybody. Boop.